Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga that ran in Shonen Jump that couldn't make it big. We're going to be talking about what they did right, what they did wrong, and what they could have done differently. I'm David, and I'm joined by my co-host Jordan. Hey, what's up? And today we're going to be joined by a very special guest, Nigel Francis. Hi, I'm Nigel. I've uh, always had a passing interest in sports manga. Thanks for joining us, Nigel. Thanks for having me. This week, we're going to be talking about Robot Laser Beam. The X in the title is silent. An exciting science fiction series set in... Oh, oh, I- I'm being told it's actually about golf. <laughs> robot Laser Beam is a tale of socially awkward high schooler Roboto Robot Hato... Roboto Hato Hard. Oh, thank you. While initially resistant to joining his high school school's golf team, it's discovered that Robot has the uncanny ability to hit golf balls perfectly straight. His laser... After a heated match against one of the best amateur players, Miura Yuzan, Robot becomes inspired to continue their rivalry and become a professional player himself. After a three-year time skip, this eventually becomes a reality, where Robot quickly becomes one of the best professional golfers in Japan, even winning his first major tournament. While the series unfortunately ends before a rematch with Miura, Robot Laser Beam ends on an optimistic note. Its final scene is Robot playing in an American tournament, working to become the greatest golf player in the world. Is there anything else you guys would like to add? So the basic premise of Robot is that he's kind of a genius with the fundamentals. That's a great segue into the characters. So the main character, Robot, and he's really this by-the-book, straight-laced nerd. You know, he's not very popular. To be honest, in terms of personality, he's like this really quiet type where he's just very antisocial. And he has really trouble understanding people. He's very, almost explicitly coded as autistic. Even the fact that they call him Robo as a reference to the fact that he doesn't seem to express emotions the same way or with the same intensity as everybody else around him. It's very blatant that this is supposed to be kind of an autistic character. That's an extremely interesting part and definitely something I want to explore more as we get into more of like the overall analysis. Yeah. And so one of the interesting things is that he's actually half Scottish, which in terms of manga means that he has naturally superpowers because, you know, golf is a Scottish game. Yeah. And because of this, he has red hair, which is probably his most defining trait. Disgusting. What kind of mutant has red hair? <laughs> I know. It's it's so irrational. I was reading like a fantasy series once and they were like, this girl has green hair and green eyes. And I was like, wow, that would be crazy to have green eyes. <laughs> and then I was like, I have green eyes. <laughs> so I'm just a fucking idiot. You're a fucking mutant. I guess. And then one of the most other notable things is that Robot actually has a golf superpower called the laser beam. Hence the title Robot Laser Beam. See what they did there? Exactly. In that he can shoot a golf ball with zero variance and it just goes like in a straight line. They say it's like the ball was pulled by a string. So do you guys think that uh, the author wrote a golf manga and then was like, oh, hey, it's like Robot Laser Beam? Or do you think he was like, what if I started this manga called Robot Laser Beam, but did it in a way that like people weren't expecting? I think it's the latter, but I'm hoping it's the former. Yeah. The next character is, uh, Jordan, do you want to say this one? Since you're better at saying the names. Tomoya Nakata. So he's the main character's best friend, and he's to be honest, pretty terrible at golf, despite him constantly trying to get Robot to join the golf club. He actually states at first that he kind of joined golf for the money or girls. Yeah. He's very much kind of a get-rich-quick kind of guy. Exactly. And um, one thing that's interesting is while he's not good at golf, he apparently is, like, an extremely good caddy. Like, there's a interesting scene where they're like, oh, Robot, you're this you know top-tier golfer. Why do you use your friend as a caddy? And he's like, he's my caddy because he's just the best damn caddy in the world. He's also really good at cue cards. That is true. That's his other secret technique. Jordan, would you like to go into detail of Miura? Yeah, so Miura Yuzan, he's kind of a Tiger Woods-type character. He's, like, this golf prodigy. He's... 
he's in high school and he's already getting looked at by the pros. He's like the LeBron James of golf, basically. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's great. The LeBron James of golf. Yeah, well, it's like how um, scouters were watching LeBron when he was in high school. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. They're like, oh, this this six foot eight high schooler. No, he's got no basketball potential. <laughs> It's funny, though, how uh, uh, Yuzan is constantly being talked about as someone with high potential in comparison to, say, a lot of other characters that who actually have high skill straight up. Mm-hmm. That, like, skill versus talent thing actually is an element I didn't really think about much, and I'd love to expand on that later on. Yeah. The next other main character is Suzaku, who is called the Emperor of Golf. And he is, like, I would say he's, like, the first where the writer starts introducing, like, stereotypical anime characters. Mm -hmm. And then he's just, like, this crazy eccentric golfer. He is obsessed with helicopters, and he, like, is always about making appearances and, like, intimidating everyone. And he has, like, these crazily drawn circular eyes where he has, like, an extra ring around his iris for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of, like, the um, flamboyant, very skilled rival character. I actually looked it up. There was a historical Emperor Suzaku of Japan. Oh. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. In manga and anime, whenever they have the four legendary beasts. Yes. Suzaku is the name of the bird in, Je- in Japanese. Really? Yeah. Audience, I learned a lot today about golf and birds, apparently. Talk about getting a birdie. Uh... Oh, oh, I don't know why all the golf terms are based on birds, but there you go. I'm sure there's some really boring book about it. Yeah. Are bogeys birds as well? Uh, I'm not sure, but because the, there's there's birdies and eagles. Bogeys come out of your nose, not... Uh... <laughs> that is true. Is there anything else in terms of characters you guys would like to discuss? Because those are really the four that we consider, like, notable characters in the series. Uh, Jinro Kuze. So, he is, like, really, really anime. He's called, like, the Wolf of Golf, and he, like, climbs in trees and he howls and stuff, and it's just, like, the manga just, like, gave up trying to make it seem like he was, like, a person that could actually exist. Also, he has crazy blonde hair and two scars on his cheek that make him look exactly like Naruto. I'm not just joking when I say that. <laughs> it's true. Imagine if he came back and he had, like, his golf no jitsu. I might come back, too, if he did that. <laughs> <laughs> to go into more of the author details... This actually is the first instance where we've covered an author that actually had a previously famous series. It was created by uh, Tadatoshi Fujimaki, and he actually created the series Kuroko's Basketball, which ran for, I think, eight years and actually had no a few anime adaptions. A few? Oh, multiple. A few anime seasons. Okay. I was like, man, eight years, usually they wait like 20 years to do the revival. Kuroko's Basketball and Kuroko Basketball's Rebound. It was good. Ooh, that's pretty good. I should sell that. Yeah. And then he also created the one-shot Zenny No Archer, which is like a fantasy stories that he published between these two series, but I guess he just didn't really feel like trying to make a full series out of it. So it kind of sounds like um, he got big and has been trying to like make his next big series. Yeah, and that isn't rare as far as I've seen. Like no. Kubo, who created Bleach, did that. The guy who created Naruto created another series called Samurai 8, which also got canceled and will hopefully be covering sometime soon. So it does happen, and just because you have one successful series doesn't mean you are guaranteed that your next series will also become Mm -hmm. a hit. True. And then in terms of run dates, it ran from March 18th, 2017 to June 25th, 2018, so a little bit over a year, and it ran for 62 chapters consisting of seven volumes. In terms of popularity, it's interesting because this is definitely the most popular series we ever looked at. I can tell. For reference, Golem Hearts and Zipman both ran for less than 20. Really lets you know that there was some potential and there was some popularity, but it just 
couldn't hang on. Like at its best, it was sub ten. Yeah. Peaked actually at number one for one issue, and then it really was in between fifth and tenth place for a while. And then just near the later half of the series, it just didn't get under 10 until it got canceled, where it just kept consistently coming in last place. Really, David? You make it sound as if this manga starts out kind of interesting and then gets super boring towards the second half. That's a very strange thing to uh, imply about Robot Laser Beam. No, never. I mean, golf is always extremely exciting, and it's not like there's not enough material to cover to make it consistently interesting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is a very good segue into why you guys think maybe this series failed. Nigel, would you like to start us off? Uh, one of the big things we already talked about, it kind of starts playing by the numbers on the tail end of things. Kuze is the most like recent near the end instance of it, but it gets very, very just uh, straight up. It's, you get your standard stereotypical characters um, near the uh-huh. end there, and it doesn't really help keep the reader's interest because it doesn't really play off uh-huh. them as well as a lot of other series. In the beginning, uh, like it did take a nod from One Punch Man and having a character just yeah. play things straight, just no-sell a lot of uh, the content that was going on there and uh, preferring to just move forward in uh, the plot. Um, but near the end there, uh, it's obvious that the author wanted to at least let some of that stuff play out a bit more, for better or worse. Yeah, One Punch Man. There's kind of this new form of shonen protagonist that Robo kind of falls in where it's like they're sort of derpy-looking, but actually, believe it or not, they're super powerful. I didn't even really think about that, but that's a good point. Yeah. Well, it helps that I've been watching One Punch Man, so... Well, there you go. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, so my issue with this is that at some point, the manga starts becoming so much about how people think golf is boring, and that, man, they shouldn't think that golf is boring. But the problem is, talking about how people think golf is boring is really fucking boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my biggest issues is every chapter is so dense. Like, I was trying to reread it, and I was like, oh, here we go. Because they can't do show, don't tell. Because if they show you golf, you'll know how boring it is. It's true. So they have to be like, oh, this swing he did is really exciting. And let me tell you why it's exciting. Because if you didn't know anything about golf, you wouldn't think it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this manga is still trying to explain terms to you. Like, in chapter 57, I actually wrote it down, they're still trying to explain to me what the word dormy means. This is chapter 57 of 62. If I don't know all the terms yet, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that ties into the fact that the main character is just such a bland protagonist Mm -hmm. that everyone else has to speak on his behalf because he's just super boring himself. I would say the main character is as interesting as golf the sport. So if that was on purpose, well done. You truly brought equilibrium to your series. (laughs) I don't mind the main character, but the problem with a main character who is like this, uh, and I guess maybe something to compare it to, might not actually be One Punch Man, but... Mob Psycho 100, Mm -hmm. which is by the guy who did One Punch Man. Because the thing is, Mob is a very sweet character that you love, but he's only great because the characters he's next to are also great and play off him so much. If you have a character like Robo, who doesn't have that much drive, (laughs) doesn't have that much drive on his own, you need other characters by him who are really carrying that personality. So that, like their personality can play off of his. And sometimes that works in this manga, but it just gets so boring. Yeah, like, he has to introduce these extremely eccentric, unrealistic characters in a series that's, I would say, as grounded as he can get in Shonen Jump. It tries to be. You need to contrast 
robot mm -hmm. to make the golf matches interesting. The first few chapters do a really good job of grounding it in a form of reality, I think. Yes. Like, honestly, after, like, the second or third chapter, I was ready to be like, dude, David, this is the best manga we've read here. Oh, yeah. I had trouble, like, writing what I didn't like until I got probably maybe, like, chapter 15, and I was like, it's literally just the same thing over and over again. It's the same thing over and over again, but without the things that made it interesting in the, in the first time. The first few times you see Robo take a golf swing, it's like everything kind of feels like it slows down. There's, like, this sense of tranquility while he's focusing, and that just completely disappears in later chapters. Yeah. Uh, for instance, there's um, one dude who is, like, abnormally strong, and so literally, like, the ground explodes whenever he hits the golf ball. Yeah, it gets really silly. And then I would say just, it's interesting how I tried to add all these super moves to, like, make it really shonen, finger quotes. Like, the laser beam, I'll, I'll let him have that, because he literally named the series that, so it's, like, kind of cute. But it's, like, this guy is like, oh, I can hit the golf ball and it curves, like, 30%. It's a serpent's bite. And then a snake appears. This is still a golf ball curving. I would have been so much more okay with, like, leaning into that and getting, like, a little bit sillier if he instead he didn't spend half the manga going like, so this is why this move in golf is bad. So this is why this move in golf is good. So this is why this works as a trick in golf. And it's like, man, just show me, like, a, a big snake curving in the sky. <laughs> yeah. The main character, they're like, his energy reading by looking at his golf swing is they're like, he has mastered the business zone. Yeah, I remember that. Which is the lamest, lamest possible term I could possibly think of for saying someone has mastered part of golf. <laughs> You're now entering into the business zone. I would actually contend that we were really close to having something interesting there as well. Because they mentioned how the business zone is this super important thing and how important the fundamentals are and how you end up losing sight of that as you um, become a better and better golfer. Yes. But instead they just mentioned the business zone uh, in the future and expect us to still be hype every time. <laughs> That's a good point, Nigel. It's just, yeah, it, the way people talk about Robo, it's almost like they want to be like, well, he's got good fundamentals. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that scene from, I think, Futurama where they're arguing, like, the aliens are watching women's basketball, and they're like, oh, they can't dunk, but they have good fundamentals. That was literally the scene I was thinking of, too. And that's really the series. Here's the thing, also, is I talked to my friend who's super into golf, and he said that, actually, Robot's laser beam wouldn't really be considered substantially notable at, like, above amateur play. He's like, anyone who knows what they're doing can do that. Oh, great. Really? That's what he told me, at least. So I don't know if he was underestimating how good Robot is, but he was like yeah like you wouldn't be famous if you could do that i went into this thinking that golf was boring and this manga did a really bad job of changing that <laughs> but the funniest shit is where it starts really concerning itself with the popularity of golf yeah one of the funniest things i've seen in this is they start talking about how uh people are talking about golf on the internet now <laughs> nobody was talking about golf on the internet it's so great people are tweeting about it and a guy's like Will this really change the world of golf in Japan? <laughs> it's like, they even say at the start, they're like, oh, kids love golf now. Like, they don't say why or how. They just are like, yeah, we're in a magic fantasy world where 16-year-olds really think golf is the coolest sport. 
I just don't care. I just really, really do not care about the popularity of golf in Japan. What a surprise. They used to show golf on Cartoon Network. I'm not kidding. That's insane. I have no idea that happened. Cartoon Network golf stars. I mean, I think that you could make a compelling golf manga, but I feel like you really have to lean into those really weird special shots because those are much more visually interesting than golf. It's so hard to follow what's happening here because just just by the nature of how golf is, you have to like compare what just happened to where a ball is like hundreds of feet away. Mm-hmm. Another issue of golf is that you're it's not really like now I'm going to punch this guy and he's going to deal with me. The point of golf and the thing that happens here is that somebody has to screw up. So you take these guys where you're like, oh, he's perfect. Oh, he's wonderful. He's incredible. And then the only way you can have Robot win is just by having them do a dumb mistake. Like at one point a mole shows up and like blocks Naruto's shot. That's true. And then that's one of the problems is uh, the series has a three-year time skip. Goes from amateur to pro. So you don't even see him either failing to learn fundamentals or playing against people who may not have complete mastery of golf because they're high schoolers. So everyone that he's now competing against plays perfectly. The time skip is absolutely the moment where this whole series falls apart. Yeah. Uh, up until then, I was having a good time. And then after that, it was just it just got so boring. I wonder if we'll ever cover a series that doesn't have a time skip, because that's like their like, panic button. Yeah. And you could tell you could tell that they needed a panic button at some point. Because there, there's a moment where um, the whole manga at one point is building up to Robo going to a, a high school golf training program. And the people high up in the golf club that he joined are like, well, you're just a new guy. You have to, like, show us that you're part of the team and you have to earn our respect and stuff. And... So they set up an ultimatum where if you can get your score down to, uh, like, the 70s, we'll let you join our training camp. And reading this, knowing what I didn't know about manga, knowing how manga is structured, what that tells me is, okay, so the next arc is, is going to be Robo in training camp, and then we're going to follow him and his team playing against different golf clubs. We just skip three years in the future where Robo has already done that, and he has already become a pro golf player and now he's playing in a pro tournament yeah nigel what did you think of the times i've not been involved pretty much any manga other than maybe naruto in in any like that had a time skip but i am aware of the pitfalls uh such a theme and i figured eh, i can see what they're trying to go for here but um like you both mentioned it definitely feels like we skipped over the struggle and a lot of the details of that involved there mm-hmm. yeah because also one of the interesting things uh so they have one match where for the time skip uh all the matches that robo's in is teams like it's him and a bunch of other golfers which works way better because it's not just robo now you switch to the guy with the snake shot or you switch to the guy who has hits the ball in a slow but weird way they introduce this character who they call the golf magician or something with seven different colors of, of golfing which we only see, I think, two. So we will never know what the other five colors of golf are. Yeah. Yeah, we never will. The other big thing was the only source of drama they have is stamina, which just always pisses me off because it is like this cheap button to add fake drama Yeah. that they can just do whenever they want. And it really has no impact because they're just like, oh, robot's doing great. Oh, but now he's tired and he's got three holes to go. He's had to walk like three miles as a professional athlete. That's the thing. You cannot convince me that golf 
is an exhausting sport. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, if you're an old man doing this, or, like, if you have asthma, there are a couple golfers who have asthma, and that's, like, a whole thing. Um, That's fine. That's one thing. I get it. If you're just telling me this guy, this kid, who's, like, in his late teens, who runs every day, yeah. <laughs> is getting exhausted playing a game of golf, and they try and justify it by going, oh, he just focuses all the time, and that exhausts him. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, no. it's like how in Dragon Ball Super during their last arc, where it's like a survival round, they're like, oh, he's low on stamina. And then they literally make no impact. Besides the one time I think Robot never actually fails because he's tired. Yeah, but the thing is, it's different because at least in Dragon Ball Super, yes, that would be tiring to engage in super fights. This is a dude playing golf. One of the people in the tournament is like 70 years old. Donald Trump plays golf every day. Yeah. You can't convince me it's that exhaustive or tiring of a sport. Exactly. I should mention that the only other source of tension here is also the rough. The rough seems to be, at least by what we're told, this insurmountable barrier that will instantly lose you the entire match. <laughs> oh yeah every single match he hits his ball into like trees and everyone is always like oh that's it for him this happens a bunch of times and then robots like oh well i'll just shoot a ball straight out of the woods yeah and every time people are like shocked and it's like i just saw this i know what he's gonna do yeah i just i love the scene though with the guy you call naruto uh kuze where his ball gets like stuck in a tree and he climbs up the tree and he hits it out of the tree <laughs> That moment ruled. That was legitimately cool. That was, like, the best moment in, like, the second half of the manga. While laser beam shipped it in. Yes. It was, though. Which, uh, for reference, that's what the toast time skip part of Naruto is called. Yeah. We've actually had people that are like, I actually enjoy your podcast, but I don't read manga, so I don't know what your references mean, so that's why I've had to start explaining things. My parents listened to it, and they were like, the only thing I know is that you say Dragon Ball Z, and I remember you watching that. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, eh, I think I can get a pass on 9 to describe Dragon Ball. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting how there's all of these characters, and no one cares about any... Like, I feel like he wanted the manager to be like the one, like, female character in the series to be really noticeable, but then yeah. she appears maybe twice. That just speaks to me that he had different plans. Yeah. If we had gotten that arc where they were in training camp, we probably would have cared about it. Yeah. We probably would have cared about the people around him, but we didn't get it, so we don't. I also noticed that the art is good, but did he keep forgetting what Miura's skin tone was? Miura normally has, like, a darker skin tone, but he's drawn as, like, completely, like, white. Yeah. A few times and it got really confusing yeah that actually brings up another issue with the art i actually went back and this happened in the early segments of the manga but i guess everything was so much better i didn't notice it but there's a lot of panels in a lot of chapters where it's just a gradient with word bubbles over it so it's like this dark gray like feel and there's no art but there's word bubbles mm-hmm yeah, because he needs to have characters explain everything, but he realizes he doesn't want to draw a billion panels. Yeah, like for a while, in the early chapters at least, the art is great. There was a moment where I realized, huh, I, I don't, I'm not actually remembering a lot of these characters, like names and identities. Um, first I did early with the dude who can hit the snake shot <laughs> and the best dude on the team talking on the roof. Yeah. I was like, both of these guys look like Ichigo from Bleach. Yeah. And I don't know who's supposed to be who. <laughs> I had that ex same, that exact same experience, man. And then during, uh, I believe that was actually a flashback, during the tournament in which Roboto was paired up with another character who looked much too similar to those two. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, uh, towards the end, 
they start having these flashbacks a lot to earlier in the series. Mm -hmm. And rather than drawing like, like sometimes when Manga does this, it's like, oh, I imagine the character's face just talking to me. No, he just copied and pasted the original panels. I didn't even notice he had done that. Yeah, they're the same exact panels. He just kind of makes the area around them dark, so it looks more like a dream. You know what? When you're on a tight deadline, you gotta work with what you got, my guy. I get it, man. So, shall we get started on the way that the manga does not handle socially controversial issues very well? Yeah, it's time. All right. The whole autism is a superpower thing is really not that okay. Like, I know it's done in a lot of series, but you would think this was made in 2018. It's not cute anymore. It's just literally, like, trivializing the fact that Robot clearly is on the autism spectrum, and no one really seems to help him work with his issues because his hyper-focusing lets him be extremely good at golf. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like multiple times they actually lampshade that fact in favor of, well, I mean, we gotta put him on the team because he's got the skills. It's an interesting question because I think it does show some of the negatives. He does experience drawbacks from where, like, he gets exhausted because he overly concentrates too much. Or even the fact that, like, he doesn't realize that he's been practicing golf. He's like, no, I've never played golf before. And he's like, as you read on, you realize, oh, he's been practicing taking golf swings since he was a very young child. So he isn't actually as much of a, uh, a savant as they imply. Which, yeah, the idea of the autistic savant is also itself. Well, I think the whole fact that he can memorize how to swing and repeat it without, like, any variation, I would say ties into this, like, focusing nature he has. And they do discuss that he has trouble talking to people and socializing, but they just, they just completely drop that element after literally the first chapter. They just say, oh, he's weird. Yeah, well, they sort of bring it up with how he says some very wild shit when the camera's in front of him, but it doesn't turn out bad, so it sort of just makes it seem like, oh, his superpower is he can speak his mind. Yeah, I mean, uh, except for maybe the final arc, in which case he says something not super nice to the guy hosting the tournament, uh-huh. and things, ew, they get wacky. Yeah, but that winds up being super cool. It does. You got a point. I, I did love, um, he basically shit talks the Vince McMahon character who runs the golf tournament, and so he tries to screw Robo. Yeah, because R- Robo, like, wouldn't take his shit, kiss the ring, I guess, and so that really pissed off the guy who ran the tournament. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of how, like, this big trauma moment is, like, Robo is trying to calculate the distance so he can fire his laser. And it's not working. And they're like, why is his laser failing? And it turns out that the pole used like for the flagpole for where the golf hole is is longer than normal. And that's like this big dramatic scene <laughs> that it's like a foot longer. So it's screwing up his like depth perception. Yeah. You know what would be great if there was a JoJo version of this? Because what happens constantly in JoJo is these tiny insignificant things wind up being the biggest deal ever. But it works out because everything's so ridiculous. Yeah. So JoJo Golf would probably be hilarious. <laughs> they literally say he added the super spin to the ball. <laughs> the entire part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 7 is about this mastering this technique called the super spin. So I'm going to believe that this actually was a direct JoJo reference. Well, they intentionally reference One Piece earlier. Yeah. (laughs) He puts on a straw hat because he thinks that's what you wear at a golf game, and the guy's like, what, you look like you're about to go on the Grand Line! (laughs) It's true. And then um, one other minor thing that they screwed up before we talk about the big topic was the whole cross-dressing scene. Now, Jordan, I think you in particular had some passionate thoughts about that. They had a guy running out 
of the woman's bathroom dressed as a woman. It just mirrored exactly a lot of the controversy around trans people going into bathrooms. And it was like, ooh, this does this is not great right now. Yeah. Exactly. The best thing I can say about it is conflict that lasts maybe a page. Yeah, because they just want someone to do like a cool golf ball trick just to be like, oh, golf's got real world applications. You know, like if you need to stop someone that was ogling women in the bathroom with a broom and a golf ball. Yeah, yeah, he happy Gilmore's the golf ball. It's a good way of putting it. Let's not beat around the bush right now. Let's uh, let's go into uh, the depiction of Dorian Green. He is depicted as a large black man. They specifically say he's South African and they call him Bigfoot. Because mm-hmm. he is very large and very strong. It's not really great to compare, but also the way that he is introduced is insanely racist. Yeah. Absolutely insane. The first thing you see is this big guy in a black hoodie, and like they have a shadow over his face, so you just see the whites of his eyes. And he doesn't understand how yen works, so he starts freaking out because he doesn't have enough money. And he starts saying things that I guess were puns in Japanese. They talk about how it sounds like he's saying he's going to kill them or he's going to stab them. And then Robo is like, oh no, I got it. Yeah, I can just pay for you. And then he takes off his hoodie and it turns out, oh, you guys were scared because he was just this angry black guy. Don't worry, he's actually a nice black man. Yeah. He's so nice that he's prostrate before these people uh, for uh, for paying for his meal. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing, it's like, if they weren't so stereotypical, Dorian would have been like a nice, wholesome character. And I think like him being crazy strong would have been fine. But it was just, they just... There's just too many stereotypes that are built into the character for him to get a pass. Mm -hmm. Well, they keep connecting the fact that he's super strong to him being like Bigfoot. There's even a splash page where they draw a large ape and then they just put his face on it. And it's like, oh, that's really not good. And it is a shame because other than that, yeah, he seems like a nice character. He's actually, like, when he's not being drawn in those situations, I think his drawing actually looks totally fine. It's just, oof. It's It strikes me as the kind of racism that comes from somebody who's trying to be progressive but doesn't understand anything. Yeah. <sighs> it's a mess. Shifting gears into what it did well, I think that while there's a ton of dialogue, the dialogue was, for the most part, well-written and at times actually funny. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There are some solid jokes in here, especially early on. One of the best moments is when Tomoya is trying to convince Robo into uh, joining the golf club, and he's like, uh, Robo doesn't want to join the golf club even though it's clear he's very good because he's just like, You're just hitting a ball with a stick and making it roll into a hole, right? What's fun about that? And Tomoya is so shocked, it looks like his entire life was shattered, and he just crumples into, like, a heap. And it's actually really funny. (laughs) Yeah. I like the scene where Robot's dad is making breakfast, and he's, like, timing the toast. And so he's like, ah, the toast, and it pings up, and he's like, Robot, and Robot comes down the stairs. I like that exact moment, because Robot is just so punctual about everything his dad can time into the second. See, I liked a lot of the stuff with the dad. I also really like, because the thing with Robo is that his dad is a chef. So at one point, Robo goes out with friends and eats fried bread. And he's like, wow, this is really good. Dad, can you make me some fried bread? And his dad makes him some gourmet fried bread, like legit, uh, highly skilled chef level fried bread. But Robo had previously eaten like fast food fried bread. So he's like, this isn't the same thing. 
<laughs> it's like getting a burrito from um Taco Bell. Yeah, from Taco Bell and then going into like a legit Mexican restaurant and they make you like a real burrito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like having someone's abuela make it. Yeah, that too. Nigel, how about you? What would you say is like your favorite thing about the series? My favorite thing about the series. Nigel's like past. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love how earnest and pretty genuine it was how it really tried to make golf cool but um the one thing that for some reason kept getting to me really got a chuckle out of me every time was when the vice captain was just uh admonishing any of the teammates for whatever they did and comparing them to a random animal that even they with context could not understand (laughs) i forgot about that yeah he would just be like you're like a panda he's like how am i like a panda i don't think that works i think they did an excellent job of showing how there is actually a lot of variety to golf where it's not just like you know one-on-one there's two-on-two there's different scoring system which i think really helped keep the first half interesting but he just kind of ran dry on variations yes that reminds me The first golf match, sort of, is between some golf bullies, which I thought were hilarious. Like, the idea that there are these, like, these scumbags that hang out at driving ranges. Yeah. And so Robo and, like, one of the guys from the golf club have to face them. It's his best friend. No, it's the guy who does the snake thing. Oh, it was? I I didn't even realize those were separate characters. (laughs) You know, that's, that's fair. Until the characters apart. Oh boy. So Robo is playing with them. At one point, my favorite line at that segment is when the golf bully says, golf ain't some carefree sport that anyone can pick up. I want to see you get on your hands and knees and apologize to me as you cry out, I'm sorry for taking golf lightly. It's just some grade A bully shit. It's, it's really classic. I love that scene, actually, because th- what they do is they challenge him to, like, hit it on the green from 150 yards. And, like, Robot gets it, like, within, like, five yards, his first shot, and everybody's surprised. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then he keeps going because he's trying to get a hole-in-one. And he, like, practices. And he, like, turns around, and he's like, where did they go? And they're like, oh, they left because you just kept <laughs> trying to get the ball in after you'd already done it. Which I thought was actually a really great character moment to show how his hyper-focusing is the aura of his character and not just, like, explicitly playing golf. Yeah. If there is, like, one thing I will say about Robo, even with the autism criticisms that are very valid, um, they keep the specific way in which he has that to, like, very consistent. You know, like, he's called Robo because of this, that, and something else. And they maintain that through the whole series. It's not just like, oh, and here's another symptom of autism I bet you didn't know he had. But also, I went back to the team matches because the team matches are the best part. After that first match between um, all the bullies and Robo, and his snake friend they have another match where you really see like all the best guys in the golf club team up with robo to face off against like the other team that is like a bunch of other golf geniuses and they have a match and it works really well because when it's just robo it gets a little boring but when they're done talking about robo they switch to this other guy who's the golf magician and he can do magic with his golf with his golf ball and then you switch to another guy who does the snake bite and i think there's a couple other people that i don't remember there would have been the captain but they threw in the curveball that he has to retire because of a historic injury yep um and then they have the golf genius um who had the match with the guy who really didn't want to be there today yeah (laughs) was that the really like sunken in eyes guy who just looked like like he just never slept in his entire life yeah i love that guy (laughs) and it's the best part of the manga 
I really do think so. There are these sections in these manga that we read for this show where you're just like, that's what the manga could have been. It could have just been this the whole time. Do you guys have any more points? I did want to talk about Suzaku the Emperor. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just for a moment, because I, I really like how they introduced him as this character who's expected to be played straight as the hard rival, the, the intimidating character who you will have to best if you want to actually best the best. And they immediately say, oh, don't, don't worry, he is actually a super weird geek. And uh, no one's having any of that shit. <laughs> I love when you said he was obsessed with helicopters, because he is, and I didn't pick up on that. Every time you see him, is flying in a helicopter. It's great. Or, no, yeah. at one point they say, oh, Suzaku went off to a, a famous American college that's well-known for its golf. And I'm like, what? Apparently that's Stanford, by the way. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, I suppose. But also, something I did want to mention and what it did well. So most of the manga, up to the time skip, is Robo doing this golf even though he doesn't really like it. The first time he actually likes it is when he first plays against Yuzan. And that was kind of the moment where Robo's like, oh, I actually really enjoy this. Or he doesn't say that, but you can kind of see that he actually gets excited. But right before the time skip, Robo kind of turns to Tomoya and he's like, you know what, Tomoya? You were right. I really enjoy golf. And it's kind of a great little mm -hmm. moment. It's a really nice emotional character moment. It's kind of the climax of his character arc, honestly. Which is a little bit of the problem, because it happens before the time skip. That is the bulk of the second half of the series. Actually, it's more than the second I half. I would uh, have to agree. The introduction of him as someone who doesn't even hate it or like it is just absolutely indifferent to it. Moving yeah. into someone who legitimately can understand um, themselves enough to say, yeah, I like this thing. It was, it was a great run-up but i also agree it's uh, unfortunate that uh, it capped off a bit earlier than it should have well that also goes into what i think this manga is really about and what i think is kind of interesting with Ro well, robo's character specifically it's about like um learning about yourself robo mm -hmm. loves golf and he has always loved golf and he's always been good at golf but he doesn't realize that about himself he doesn't realize that he likes it he plays it and he's like man what's this feeling i'm feeling and there's a little bit of implied romance between him and Yuzan. It's not, like, super harped upon, but it's, like, it's mm -hmm. there. There's a little bit of, of that kind of tension there. But the process of playing golf seems like a good metaphor for Robo just learning about himself. And I think that that is where it's most effective. When it's most effective, I think that is what it's firing on. Yeah, I uh, think back to a couple moments uh, where he just had people cheering him on. And him not understanding why uh, he was getting uh, what some might call amped or hyped. One of the best moments, because I think a lot of the best moments in this happen between Yuzan and Robo, which is a shame that there are very few moments where they interact, unfortunately. But um, Yuzan does say, like, Robo's asking, like, why are you doing this? And he's like, because I love it. Because I love golf. And that kind of changes how Robo's thinking about everything. I just think it's a good moment. Yeah, you're definitely at a good point. This area is really kind of the main thing I would focus on if I was to redo the series. So really, this actually kind of reminds me of Zipman, where we had kind of the socially awkward protagonist and how he could have had an opportunity to really grow himself. And I think if the series had really played up the awkwardness and autism of Robot, it could have been an interesting manga where 
you really see his growth as a person parallel his growth in golf. And so you could have kind of downplayed as much golf and like not needing to show every single game extensively in detail like they did, but rather show how he's interacting with these people, like how the golf team is an opportunity for him to make friends or how maybe he even starts to have a romantic life. Maybe he starts, you know, dating people using social skills he's been building as he's been entering this world of golf. It's actually kind of something I Shield 21 did, which was probably my favorite sport where the main character actually starts a series with an empty phone besides, I think, like his mom and his sister and shows actually his progress as he makes more and more friends because he's getting so involved in the japanese football community that's a good point yeah that's a great way to do it ice shield 21 is also the only sports manga i think i've ever read but i really like a lot of ice shield 21 if you dear listener are looking for like a sports manga that really really is like a shonen like magic powers and everything's possible but still technically not magical ice shield 21 is probably the craziest sports manga ever made because it's literally a manga about american football yeah it's great it's american football from the perspective of japanese players it's kind of interesting to see and it's also just really good Mm -hmm. so what would you guys have really done if you were to have redone the series you can't just have robo Because Robo only has, like, one move. And it's not that interesting. His move is just to shoot a straight line. Uh Like, that's the whole thing. And people are just shocked that, oh, he can go so straight. And it's like, that's not that interesting. So you need other people to help carry the manga. On the flip side, though, I also really like what you pointed out, where it goes into Robo's personal life. Because that was also what was so interesting in the early parts of the manga where they go into um, how he is as a person and how he's growing and, and how he's, like, improving. By the second half of the manga, it feels like, yeah, he's grown. He's all good now. And that's just not nearly as interesting. Yeah, I definitely agree there. His growth just stops at the time skip. Yeah, because there's nowhere for him to go. Yeah, I mean, it honestly seems like any miraculous win he pulls off that isn't based off the laser beam is him copying the movements of another golfer. Yeah, that could be interesting because it sort of seems like his power, like his real power is uh, the Mega Man style taking your powers power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wish he did it more. True. I think maybe they should have just straight up introduced magic, David. I really do. (laughs) If they had just straight up made it a magical series, I think it would be more interesting. That's the other thing. Just... Fuck it, man. The first page of the manga, they say Power Golf has now become popular. And I have no idea what Power Golf is. Yeah, still to this day. (laughs) It doesn't come back. When I first read that, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a super variant of golf where like people are just like doing super strong swings. No. Yeah, because they literally have a dude who's playing what I assume is Power Golf and they don't mention it. Yeah. I I genuinely don't know what they mean by power golf. The only thing I can imagine them meaning by power golf is a higher level of golf play that involves um, hitting the ball further than 300 meters. I think it was a 200 or 300 meter threshold that uh, they kept bringing up that separated the wheat from the chaff. It might also just be he explained it and I just glazed over because explaining shit about golf is so fucking boring no matter what context it's in because golf is fucking boring. I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah, the premise uh, seemed to have been a little bit doomed from the start. That said, I, I think given the fact that the author is willing to play around with the thing that we're thinking at the moment anyway. I feel like since he was willing to bring up, hey, people think golf is boring, uh, they could have somehow probably turned that into just something to focus on on its own. If they didn't want to focus on just expanding on the characters themselves, or if they didn't want to focus on giving Robo more character 
then he's a robot. They could have honestly used Robo as a catalyst to uh, making golf a more entertaining sport. They probably have to change the perspective to like the actual broadcasters and whatnot. Probably go down as the as the supervisor. They could have done something with that. And it feels like, yeah. I like that idea of uh, having the commentators be more important. Because I, I I agree, like, if this was... If every golf golf match was more like a wrestling match, the way that they drew it. Mm-hmm. Where, like, oh my god, did you see that? Did you see that shot? I mean, I guess you can't do that in golf, because the whole point is everyone is silent, which because golf is boring. <laughs> they should have added definitely a mini-golf arc. That really, really would have renewed my interest. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> you know what? A shonen manga about mini golf would be more interesting than a shonen manga about golf. Just full stop. I actually watched this really intense documentary about how there's like this famous mini golf course mm-hmm. and this guy got perfect game on it. And it's like really intense and they show like these diagrams of like the projected ball and it's like <laughs> you know, he's like he's up to hole eighteen, he might be doing it and he's you're like, There it is, the hole in one he's done it and like this because it's fucking mini golf so you know it's like still ridiculous and there's like windmills and shit i'll include a link to it but it was just like this 15 minute documentary mini golf is so much better than normal golf i i will die on this hill you know they definitely dress it up better yeah it's it's more fun the most exciting part i feel near the end was once again in the match with kuze i think it was whole 17 or 18 i'm gonna get those numbers wrong definitely uh, uh-huh. They were just in a spot where there was just a valley from the tee to the hole. And there was this big to-do about what you're going to do. you got to get the golf ball down to the bottom of the hill. But then you got to get it up to the top of the hill. And that's nigh impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so the the big problem, you touched on it earlier, Nigel, where you were talking about how uh, you wish the manga focused more on trying to make golf less boring. Yeah. And the problem is it thinks it's doing nah. that. Because the manga constantly talks about how these young people think that golf is boring. <laughs> Little do you know, golf is actually not boring. I'll have you know. But then no, it spends so much time berating you for thinking golf is boring, rather than actually making golf not yeah, boring. Yeah, definitely. This is a manga for the true golf heads. Maybe this was just a manga for the true golf heads. Yeah, but then why was it in Shonen Jump? Why wasn't it in, like, a golf magazine? And why was it trying to explain every aspect of golf? Like, I wish it was a golf manga for the true golf heads, because maybe I wouldn't have so many fucking explanations every five chapters. Every every five pages, actually. Yeah, but yeah, I think in seriousness, I wonder if it had just been this, like, mini-golf shonen where people had, like, superpowers and stuff, and they just played it completely straight. I think, actually, I would have greatly enjoyed, like, a really intense mini-golf manga. Yeah, absolutely. That would be so much better. That's what I'm going to say, is I would have sold it as this really over-the-top mini-golf manga about this character also learning to better understand people and deal with his autism. But also, what if, during the time skip, it wasn't just like a three-year time skip and now he's a pro, it's a three-year time skip and now he has superpowers, and now everybody has superpowers, and golf has finally transformed into an interesting sport because people can use powers. Yeah, it's actually set in the My Hero Academia world. No, legit, though. (laughs) Fuck it, why not? (laughs) How about you, Nigel? Anything you want to add to that pitch? You know, I think it's not exactly a (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! But I feel like doing a bit of a genre shift, like a a genre pivot like that would definitely improve it. Uh I love my anime genre shifts. (laughs) Absolute favorite thing in the world.
It's the funniest shit when it happens, and sometimes it works out, too. And I think that this could have used it, because you do a genre shift when you just, you don't know what else you can possibly do with the thing you're currently doing. And that moment exists in this manga, where you can feel the author just going like, I don't know what to do next. Shit. <laughs> like, they could have actually done something without the time skip at all, and just... Ended on some excuse um, to have the match with Yuzan right at the end there. Yeah, I agree. The time skip ruins, like, so much of this manga. <laughs> yeah. like, there are good parts in the time skip, but it, they don't legitimize it. I wonder if the series would have lasted longer if he didn't have the time skip, or if it was just, do the time skip or get cancelled? The time skip is actually very baffling, because the time skip happens, like, at chapter 25, and this goes on to chapter 62. So the bulk of this manga is post-time skip. And it's like, it would be one thing if the time skip happened and like, oh, this is only going on for like a couple more chapters, which is what happened in Zitman. Yeah. But with this one, it almost feels like, it almost feels like he was planning on doing the time skip, which if that's the case, it's baffling. Because mm -hmm. it just tanks so much of what he was building up. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll just turn that into kind of the miscellaneous thoughts. So do you guys have any last little thoughts that didn't really kind of fit into the other section? The one thing that really stood out to me is it was interesting how people very casually swung golf balls at people, <laughs> which, like, they get lucky, but I'm like, this could have broken someone's nose if they had actually hit them and they hadn't, like, caught it. Well, see, David, they're really accurate. Definitely something you can be. That's a good point. That is a weird gimmick there. You know what it reminded me of? Beyblade. Oh, yeah. Because if you ever watch those Beyblade anime, they're always like, Dragoon, do this, do that. You already, like, pulled the cord and let the Beyblade, like, go. You don't have control over what happens next. <laughs> Which is kind of what happens in this, because a lot of the time they're like, oh, man, the ball's going over there. What are you going to do, Robo? And it's like, everything Robo did, he already did. It's true. Yeah, the only surprising part is if someone puts a bit of spin on it, so it does a, let me check my notes, it did a slice, which is a hook to the right, or a hook, yeah. which is a hook to the left. They do that a couple times, which is another example of, hey author, uh, have you run out of cool things to do in golf? <laughs> he definitely did. Another miscellaneous thought I had, I, I gotta give credit to the captain saying, hey, Dude, I know you were good at this thing, but you can't just replace one of the top players in order to face the pro. First, you gotta prove that you're not crap at everything else, and you gotta, like, prove to the rest of the team that you're not just a shitbird. Yeah, I like that. A <laughs> <laughs> shitbirdie. He's like, whoa, dude, this is a fucking team sport, okay? Just because you're good doesn't mean you're going to make the team. There's something that just irks me about the fact of our MC walking in and immediately replacing the loudmouth member of the ace team. Yeah. And that's what I was really worried about um, Snake Dude ending up as. Yeah, well, Snake Dude gets worried when he shows up, like... Oh wow, this guy played against Yuzan. Yuzan said that he was really good, and this guy thinks he can just come in and fucking take take my spot. Bullshit. For the sports camp that never actually happened. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess Yuzan technically lost, but he only lost because they were running out of daylight. Like stipulations they put on the match meant that at that point in time he was short on points. Yeah. See, I took that to mean Yuzan lost because he had just completely underestimated Robo. And it wasn't about losing on points. It was more of a, like, I symbolically lost uh -huh. here. Mm -hmm. I, I lost to a rank amateur who doesn't know anything about golf. I am a borderline pro. And he basically, he matched me so much. Like, to the point, like, the, the mistakes that Robo makes are that he sucks at putting. Uh -huh. Yeah, and the rough. 
Yeah, so I felt that was Yuzan more or less saying, you know what, I lost to a total amateur, but I'm going to play you when you actually understand what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Robo is like bogey 12, so he would have just completely lost if they were playing a normal match. Yeah. Yeah, Robo won that match by earning Yuzan's respect. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, this manga is flawless, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, final verdict. How would you guys define the series in six words or less? Not enough robots, not enough golf. Okay, how about you, Nigel? Do not not be Robo-kun. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna let it be. That's the word of Nigel. Mine would be neither robots nor laser beam. Golf. Golf. You guys both cheated. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's called poetry, it rhymes. Right. Okay, George Lucas. My backup was focus real hard but be good. <laughs> but uh I I thought this was more appropriate. <laughs> and then so would you guys consider robot laser beam to be a flop or not? Man, this sucks because I wanted this to be good. At first, it, like if you had stopped me before the time skip, I would have said absolutely this was not a flop this was good but after seeing most most of the manga happens after the time skip and it's such a huge drop in quality that it's it's a flop man Mm -hmm. i'm with you i really when i started reading this series thought this was gonna be like hard to speak negatively of and then i just was like wow it kind of played all its cards in the first like 20 issues yeah so i'm gonna also call it a flop i would definitely agree I'm also going to call it a flop. I'm in the exact same camp. If the time skip didn't happen, things would have been fine. Mm -hmm. Even if Shonen Jump gave it more time, it would have been able to return to form. I mean, I feel like at the point in which it was canceled, it would not have gotten more interesting. I think that it was right to be canceled, but if it had continued along the trajectory it started in, I think it would have actually wound up being a pretty damn good manga. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Jordan, would you consider this better or worse than our current reigning champ, which is Golem Heart? This is so hard because the problem with um, Robot Laser Beam is it's really two manga. <laughs> the first half of the first part of this manga is the best manga we've read, yep. bar none. It's up until like chapter 25, it is the best manga we've uh-huh. read here. Uh, after that, though, I don't give a shit about it. So, but Although, I guess that that might be a good thing about it. Basically, when they do the time skip, you can just stop <laughs> reading. So, in that sense, I actually will say that it's better than Golem. I didn't even think about it like that, but I'll agree. I will give the first half of Robot Laser Beam the crown and say it is the best manga we have read so far in Shonen Flop. So, for our final section, special thanks. I just want to give a shout-out to The Weekly Cooldown. You can find them at wkcooldown.com. It's a really awesome podcast. Uh, hopefully, the host of it will be joining us at some point in the future. And I also want to give a shout-out to a friend of the show, Tori, as I did last week, who created a mermaid zine for Pride this year. All proceeds this month will be going to Black Lives Matter or the Bail Fund organization. You can find her at link in the description below. Donate to Black Lives Matter if you can. So this whole time I have not mentioned that I have another podcast called Mission Ignition. Shout out to Sham Bam Bamina, who is my co-host. That is a podcast in which we watch this bizarre TV show called Vampires that only I saw when I was a child. Anyone is looking for a manga that's currently running in Shonen Jump that's worth reading, I highly recommend Mashal, which is considered pretty much One Punch Man meets Harry Potter. It's about a boy who is born in a world of magic, but is incapable of casting magic, so instead he gets super swole, and he just kind of beats up wizards in Hogwarts. I am all behind that. How about you, Nigel? Thanks for having me as a guest. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for coming by. It was, it was great to have you here.
Thanks so much for joining us today. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.lebson.com. We're also on Spotify and iTunes, and if you can rate and subscribe, that helps us a lot and helps us create more episodes. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Nigel. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers.